with that joy unspeakable and just full of your glory and your goodness, your peace. God, we just thank you, Lord, that through everything, every circumstance, God, we can walk in your presence and be comforted and be joyful. Truly, God, we are so glad and so blessed to belong to you. Thank you that you're with us no matter where we go. Through the valley, through the fire, over the mountain. Thank you that you're with us. You celebrate with us. You cry with us. You walk with us. And I promise that I'm grateful for you will never leave us or forsake us. Blessed be your name. We honor you. We lift you up. And we pray that our praise and these songs of our hearts, God, we pray that that would bless you today. Lord, that it would just be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. In Jesus' name. There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between where I I know I will never be alone It was another in the fire another in the waters holding back the seas and should I ever need how I've been set free there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me there is another in the fire oh. For dead beneath the waters I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore and Should I fall in the space between What remains of me and this reckoning Either way I won't bow to the things of this world in the fire standing next to me is another in the waters holding back the seams should I ever need reminding the power set me free is a grave that
How good you've been to me. I'll count the joy from every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. And I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him. I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space between where sin. I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls came in. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us. There'll be another in the fire standing next to me. There'll be another holding back the seas. And should I you've been to me I'll count the joy from every battle cause I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy from every battle cause I know that's where you'll be because he lives I can face tomorrow because Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living. Father, we come to you this morning and let us never forget that whatever's coming, whatever has come, whatever is going on right now, life is worth the living because you live. You walked up out of the grave to give us a promise of a new life. And let us never forget that. Let everything this morning that has been done, will be done, is being, being done right now, can be done in your name. And Lord, I pray that you just fill us up. You have freedom in this place. That uh, You have freedom in my life. So this morning, we give you the glory because you live. And I can face tomorrow. I can face the next day and the next day and the next day because of the resurrection power. You're standing with me in the fire. And let us give you glory and honor this morning. We ask this in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, kids, you can head on back with Miss Mikey. She's heading out that door there. Um, Brody's going to be coming around with the offering. Um, so, got that coming. I got a lot of, uh, well, quite a few announcements. Not a lot of announcements, quite a few. Um, we have some friends from Pulaski, Tennessee coming up for a conference next week. So, they're going to be around. So, we decided, hey, they're going to, you know, why not invite them to worship? They're going to come to worship. You guys might, some of you guys might be like, who's these people from Pulaski, Tennessee? Well, they're one of our first partnering churches when we first planted church in the village, and they have stayed beside us for the last seven years. That sounds crazy to say, seven years. And in, in June um, is when we stepped out and church in the village began. And um, so Pulaski was one of the first to kind of latch on with us. And uh, so we've been friends for seven years. Um, they're coming for a, I want to believe, a VBS clinic down at the Creation Museum. Um, so Andrew, who is their children's pastor, and a few others are going to be down there. So they asked, hey, can we come worship? So we decided not just worship with them, let's have a fellowship with them. And 
going to do some, we're going to do a lunch over at the ministry center with the people from Pulaski. Um, just let us know so we can get enough food. But uh, really, just kind of a fellowship after church, and you can hang out and bring your family and all that kind of stuff. Um, won't be long if you got to get somewhere to be, and um, I, there may be a big game next weekend. I don't know. You guys are supposed to be laughing. <laughs> Dusty's pumping his fist back there. That yes, there will be a big game that that Sunday. I'll put it on the screen. I'll put it on TVs in there if you guys want. Maybe. Um, no, I'll put it on there if you want. So come out, um, enjoy that with them. And then the following Saturday, men will have our men's breakfast. So come out for that. That's at eight thirty at the ministry center. And along with that, if you guys remember back in the fall, we had talked a little bit about doing a community worship service with Carlisle Community Church. Kind of two services, two weeks, two churches, but one God type deal. And not type deal, there's one God, not type deal. There's one God, right? So we are going to do that now. We're going to do that February 3rd, which is two Sundays from now. And we're going to meet over there first. All right, so here's how it's going to work. They worship at 1030, so guess what? You get a little extra time. If you come here at 5 till 10, or like most of us, a little bit after 10, right? We're going to shift you over. We'll, there'll somebody be here, and we'll kind of shift you over to Carlisle Community. There's parking. You can park in front of the city building. You can park behind their church. You can park on the road. There's plenty to park, but here's what I want. I want them to understand that even though they're a little bit different than us, and they kind of worship a different, they don't really worship that much different, but because they're a different church doesn't mean that it's not the same God we worship. So they'll lead everything that day except the preaching. I d I'm going to do the preaching at their church at 1030 um, that Sunday, February 3rd. And then the following Sunday, which is February 11th, right? Did I, I didn't know. February 10th. I'm off a day. I think it's the 4th and 11th. Nicole, am I right? Listen, whatever that Sunday is in February, the following Sunday, the 6th, I'm way off. Man, I'm, listen, my brain is all over the place today. So February 6th, I'll be preaching. They'll be leading everything. The kids' ministry, the, the worship, their church will be doing that at their church. And then the following Sunday, the 13th, we've got a big day after that, right, Nicole? Yeah, 14th. Um, the 13th, we will in turn host them at 10 a.m. again, like we normally do. Our ladies and, and the Parker men will be men. Judah, your man. Um, we'll be leading the worship, but then their pastor in turn will actually be speaking for us. Okay, so that's kind of how we wanted to do it. In the fall, it was going to be different. Me and her wasn't going to be around. Okay, um, she was, I was going to be preaching for her. She was going to preach for me, all that kind of stuff. And um, at the end of the day, we felt like we need to be present. Because here's the thing, here's the thing I want you to understand. It's about serving God. And I want you to understand that just because a different church is a different church, it doesn't mean that we don't worship God. And they want to get encouraged by us. We want to encourage them as well. And we want them to encourage us. So that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks in February. I encourage you guys to come over. Um, don't check it out because it's weird. I'm, I'm ashamed that I'm using this to start off my sermon this morning, so I want you guys to uh, um, not, not, don't judge me, okay? Just don't judge me about this, all right? So we went to this website, and we could buy Oakley's at this website, all right? I could buy Oakley's for $10, Oakley sunglasses, all right? Has anybody ever bought sunglasses? I feel even more embarrassed this morning. Um, all right, so we found this website, and it was called eastnike.com, and I was like, hey, we can buy these Oakleys for like 10 bucks. It's unbelievable. It's like, I mean, it's like Oakleys, right? And you look at the picture, you could buy like Nikes. You buy all this kind of stuff, and it's like 10 bucks, right? And, and so I begged Kathy. I'm like, Kathy has this special credit card if she's going to buy something from China. Um, you can ask her about it. Um, I'm like, Kathy, I need that special. Not, it's not like a Chinese credit card, but it's just like a credit card if it gets hacked. It's okay. And I was like, Kathy, I need that credit card. I've got all these coaches and all these guys at school. They want to buy these sunglasses. So we bought like $300 worth of sunglasses from eastnike.com, right? And, and so we, we, I get them, right? And it, it takes like a month to get them. And, and the package, Nicole always laughs about it. I wish we had a picture of that package, 
We get this package, and it has five different stickers on it from Customs. It had an animal sticker on it. It had a kitchen sticker on it. It had fruit sticker on it. It had went through like ten different styles of Customs before it came to America. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So it had stickers all over it, but it was like duct taped around a box. And it was like, when it came to Kathy's house, I'm like, here it is, here's sunglasses. I'm like, I don't know what it is. It says it's a live animal. And then it was like, it says it's fruit. What's going on with this thing? So I open it up, and, and sure enough, my Oakleys are in there. Wasn't Jokeleys, because it didn't have the J, and it didn't have the Folkleys, it didn't have the F. Like, it wasn't hiding out anything. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, it's real Oakleys. And so I went to football practice the next day with my $10 Oakleys on. And this is no exaggeration, this is no fish story, this is nothing. I went out, had them on. The first time I individual to them about something, and the right shade lens fell out of my, my sunglasses. Just fell out. Like I didn't hit anybody, I didn't do anything, it just fell out. And I'm like, wow, man, Oakleys are cheap. That was kind of like a joke, right? Because I'm like, I paid 10 bucks for these Oakleys. And, and, and my friend Chris Hawkins had them on. And, and sure enough, his lasted about a week. And then his lens just fell out. And I realized, okay, I should have known by the, the, the way the package was that these may not be real authentic Oakleys. And when it fell out without no pressure or anything, I realized these aren't real Oakleys, right? The, the definition of authentic is having an origin supported by unquestionable evidence. And those Oakleys that I bought from EastNike.com, you might go look it up and be like, man, I'm going to get one of them Oakleys. It, I promise you, they'll... It may, I think they got shook up in that little delivery process. I think they were still... There was no evidence, unquestionable evidence, that these were real Oakleys, authentic Oakleys. Because when you go to a store to buy those type of sunglasses, there's an authenticity that comes with that. You see, as we're breaking free to live a life in God's grace, and, and we know that we're known by God like we learned last week, we need to understand because we're known by God, there has to be an authenticity to our life that we're in. See, our story is where that authenticity comes through. Your story, my story. Anybody's story that's on this journey with Christ, that's where this authentic life comes from. You see, our story is simply this, our life before Christ, how we met Christ, and now my life after. That's it. That's the journey. That's the story that God wants to use. But you have to be authentic in that. And you see, the authenticity is important as we journey together this origin supported by unquestionable evidence so as we dig into paul or uh, galatians chapter 4 we're going to start in verse 12 this morning verse 12 says brothers but there's a once again a footnote that says and sisters i entreat you become as i am for I have also become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was, on, was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you first. And through my condition was a trial to you. You did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out my, your eyes and given them to me. Kind of maybe give you a hint what his bodily ailment was, but we really don't know. Verse 16, Have I then become an enemy to you by telling the truth? They make much of you. The Judaizers make much of you. But for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, and then you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I am present with you. My little children, 
for whom I again the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I'm perplexed about you. See, Paul begins this section of Scripture by saying, I entreat you to become as I am. But he isn't telling the Galatians to follow like he does. He's not saying, hey, follow me. He's saying, become like me on this journey. Seek God in this journey. Live in this grace. He is more telling them to become like he is. A person that is full of grace. And also a person that not only shares the truth by telling it, but shows the truth by living their life. See, we're not for sure what ailment Paul has here that landed him in Galatia. But as Paul does anywhere he goes, he shared the gospel with them because they were there. See, it wasn't like God had this extra special map from God. He shared the gospel with them because they were there. And at the beginning of this, he is thanking them for their acceptance of that gospel and that, that authenticity, right? That, that fact that I was... I was sick. There was something wrong with my body. I wasn't the greatest preacher. I wasn't the best looking guy. I wasn't the, the, most, the most stylish guy. I wasn't the most well-spoken guy. But you still accepted me in the gospel I preached. Which I'm, I'm glad that he says those things. Because as I stand up here, that's why I kind of keep it dark where I'm at and bright where the ladies are. Because I'm not the best looking. May not be the well-spoken but I will tell you one thing, you're always going to get the truth of the gospel. I'm thanking you guys. My authenticity of me being sick and ill and, and, and this ailment that I had that, that wouldn't allow me to be who I was, but you still accepted me. And, and you still made much of me and you still propped me up and prayed for me. But he now warns them towards the end of this about how the Judaizers are using them. And he said, this is how you... See, the Judaizers were propping them up when they first came and they were saying, oh, you're great to have you. But here's the thing. And we'll get to it here in a second. There was an ulterior motive behind what the Judaizers were doing. And so how could they tell of their intentions? And it was the authenticity of the leaders. So two questions as, as we kind of dig in a little bit deeper this morning. The first one is this. Where does this authenticity come from? And the second is, how are we to have an authentic life? So where does this authenticity come from? It's who we are. It's who we are. Last week we learned that we're known by God. We're known by Him. Dusty sent me a song. Go listen to it. It's known. A few weeks ago, Nicole and I were watching a 2020. And when I say um, Nicole and I, it was me laying in bed. And Nicole had 2020 on. It was a Friday night. And um, she likes to watch those shows. Um, I, I find them interesting. She was watching an, a one that she had watched before last night. And it was a, cra it was a crazy story. It was a crazy, I don't know if anybody watched that one last night, crazy, I mean, it was like crazy, like, I'm like, it's only halfway through, and they've already kind of told everything that's going on, and then Nicole's like, no, no, it gets crazy. The end of the football game, but because, you know, I do have some testosterone, and, um, and then we turned it back and, and all that, right, and, and so the one that we were watching a couple weeks ago was about a guy that was living two different lives. Like, he had a wife for like 15 years. And he had a girlfriend. Like in another town. And he had proposed to her. And through all these series of events, a lot of things happened. That, that, that part isn't what, what, what is kind of important. It's like he had two lives. And they didn't know about each other. You know, I read stories about that a lot, and it just blows my mind, right? There's a famous football coach that's in Georgia now that was in Alabama. He coached at Hoover, Alabama, won a ton of state championships in Hoover, Alabama. His name's Russ Probst. 
has had two different families. I'm not talking about just a, hey, a wife here. Two different families, kids and all. In two different towns, and I'm sitting here thinking, number one, I'm not sure why they would want to do that. And really what perplexes my mind is, how do the other people not know about it? Like I think about my life, there's, I'm wore out most of the days after getting home from work and doing some church stuff, and I go home and I spend most of my nights with my family. I couldn't imagine how do you... Like, what, what, where do they think you are? Like, are you spending three days with that family and two days with it? Well, I mean, do they just think that, hey, this is who you are? I just, I don't get it. And it's this, like, we don't know who, they don't know who they are. You see, as we're breaking free, it's crucial to remain authentic in who we are. You see, we got to be authentic. And that's, that's why Nicole knows this. I'm an open door. I'm, I'm like, my life is an open book. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. But everything I say up here, I'm open. Who I am is who I am. And, and I think about these, these people that have these different lives. They just don't know who they are. And see, as we're breaking free, we have to remain authentic in who we are. And the way we do that is, we are and whose we are forever we talked about that a few weeks ago right we got to remember who we are in christ and whose we are now his life access the curtain it just seems like an afterthought so look at these curtains up here and, and close to the size of the curtain that was between the holy and holies and the regular temple. And about that thickness, right? And, and once a year, the high priest would go in and make this sacrifice in the holy of holies for, for the substitution of all the sins of Israel. And the moment that Jesus breathed His last, His last, that curtain that divided the holy of holies, so picture this, the Holy of Holies was to represent the presence of God. And that curtain was to represent the sin that bound us away from God. The moment that Jesus took His last breath, the Bible tells us from the very top of the curtain, it ripped open. Like these curtains. Ripped open. You see, that not just a signifying, but figuratively and literally saying, you now have access to God the Father. And we can have this relationship through Him because of what Jesus did. See, we didn't have to do anything to deserve this, yet He did it anyway. You see, there was this spirit that was infecting the Galatian church. And I'm afraid that it's still infecting lives today. That we now have this grace. We now have this access. We now have this journey that we're on. So we feel like now that we're on it, we've got to earn it to keep it. But here's the thing that perplexes me. Sort of like the stories of the people that have two different lives. If we did nothing to get it, then why do we think we have to do anything to stay in it? See, it's a mindset. I believe it is a full-blown mindset issue of our lives. See, we, we have these, I don't want to call them rules. We have these things set up by God. And the mindset is this. We don't do things to prove our worth to God. We do them because we trust in what God says is best. See, those things that God wants us to do to, to be holy like He's holy, right? In our brain, it goes automatically to performance, and, and we feel like we've got to do them to prove our worth, and we've got to prove that we earn this grace. We do this kind of thing. But you've got to understand this point. 
Those things that God wants us to do when He says, be holy like I'm holy, what He's saying is, there is a way to live that you will get natural blessings from. And there's a way to live that you will get natural consequences from. But what we've done, what the Judaizers have done in this, is that we have said, well, I've got to do this or, or God's going to get angry at me. I've got to get right with God. I've got to get right with God. Well, listen, here's the thing about getting right with God. To get right with God because Jesus went to the cross to make sure we're right. And He rose again from the grave, so our mindset can change that. I just want to trust in what God says is best. It's not about picking apart what this book says. What it is is saying, I trust God and how He wants me to live my life. And I don't get extra stars. I don't get extra bonuses because I do it. I just trust what He says is best. You see, the laws, the Judaizers were all about this law saying you've got to be circumcised, do this kind of stuff. When we look at the law and you go back and you read the, the, the Pentateuch and you read the Torah and you read all the stuff at the beginning of the Bible, if you look at it, most of the law was for health reasons. They weren't allowed to eat like shrimp. Well, there wasn't a process for making shrimp healthy back then. They weren't allowed to eat pork. Well, we pasteurize our stuff. I'm glad we do that now. Because I ate pulled pork yesterday, and it was great. But, but you've got to understand, they took it as, I've got to do this because I can earn God's favor here. You understand God's favor came upon you when our sins went upon Jesus. And now when we cry out and follow, our favor, we find God's favor in that. Romans 5.15 says this, but the free gift is not like the trespass. The, um, other translations say the free, the free gift is not like the sins. For if many died through one man's trespass, pass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. These two men that, that Paul are talking about to the church in Rome is Adam and Jesus. Not Adam Parker, but Adam, the first man. Uh, the translation of Adam in the Hebrew is basically dirt man. Basically just means ball of dirt. I humble you a little bit, right, Adam? <laughs> Adam, because of his trespass, death came into the world. But because of what Jesus did, now we have an abundant life. See, authenticity comes from knowing who we are in Christ a redeemed sinner who lives living in grace that he provides. That allows us to not be ashamed of who he is making us to be. Understand that. The authenticity allows us not to be ashamed of who he's making us to be. But don't miss this point either. We don't have to be ashamed where we came from. Because he wants to use that as well. See, here's the difference from the Judaizers. Even though they were kind at the beginning of the Galatians' journey, they would constantly remind them that they would never be good enough unless they lived like them. They were kind and said, Hey, yeah, we want you on this journey, but you've got to do this. You've got to do this. To the point that they weren't allowed to eat with them in meals. We've got to be careful because of who we are, right? That are God wants to use in that. I love the way J.D. Greer puts it. He puts it this way. He says, my, my identity and my security are not my spiritual progress. My identity and my security are in God's acceptance of me as a gift in Christ. And I struggle with identity issues all the time. But my identity is in God's acceptance of me through what, God, what Christ did for us. So how, where do we get this authenticity? It's about living in who we are. How, how are we to have an authentic life? It's to include. 
Um, I've spoken before on this movie. It's one of the only movies that ever make me cry. My kids think I have busted tear ducts because I don't cry a lot. Um, I do cry, but I don't cry a whole lot. Um, Nicole, Nicole's a little bit of a crier, so I like to be strong for my wife. And you know, but there's there's like one movie that makes me cry. Even if I was to watch it today, my sister bought it for me for Christmas before, and it's called Savannah Smiles. It's an old movie from early 80s, okay? And basically, it's about kidnappers. And they kidnap this kind of rich child, and they, they try to ransom up. I don't know if anybody ever remembers this movie or not, but uh, Matt does. They make you cry, Matt? No, all right. Maybe it's the same reason, right? And I'm not going to spoil it. I am going to give you a spoiler, but at the end of the day, it's 40 years old, so too bad. Um, and, and, and so over, over time, this old gruff, right, this gruff kidnapper, old man, mean, this little girl just kind of breaks him down. And there's this scene in the movie at the be- at kind of in the beginning starts of the movie, and they flash back to this old kidnapper's life. Matt, you remember this part, right? And they would always go into town from their farm, right? And they'd ride in the back of this truck, and he'd be running. I'm going to cry over thinking about it, but uh, he'd be running, right? And he'd be running after his truck, and the kids would be making fun of him. You're too slow, you're too slow, you're too slow, and you're not good enough. And you see, as the movie goes on, all these bad things in his life start breaking down because of the love of this little girl. The love of this little girl, including, like he kidnapped her. Right? He kidnaps this girl, but that love of that little girl changes his heart so much. See, it changed the way he viewed life. Even when he gets arrested, He feels like his life is just full of life now, but he's getting arrested because of the love of this little girl. And here's the thing, and that's why I don't watch it very often, is at the very end of this, when he's getting arrested and he sees Savannah smiling, and this is a kidnapper, right? He, He starts weeping a little bit, and it flashes back again. You see, now he's getting arrested, but he's okay because of the love of this little girl, and it flashes back at the very end of the movie, and instead of the people laughing at him, not catching up to the truck, everybody in the truck's going, come on, come on, come on, get on the truck. Because it changed the way he viewed his life in the past. There's something about being included. This is how we break free and live an authentic life, by including people into our lives. This young girl in this movie, she didn't understand. She knew that she wasn't supposed to be with these people, but she still included them in their life, and it changed, and it broke, and it just opened up this man's heart. But you see, this is one way to be able to see if a Christian leader is healthy or not. Do they want you a part of your life or do they just want you to follow and not ask questions? Are you a product for them or is your journey important? So they could keep their superior feelings about themselves being Jewish. You see, Paul needed them because they're part of the grand story. The Judaizers needed them so they felt better about themselves. Paul needed them because they're part of the grand story. See, Hebrews 10, 24-25 says this, Love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That day drawing near means when Jesus is coming home. See, there should be no ulterior motives on this journey. We're to encourage and cheer each other on, and that takes grace. That takes grace. I'm convinced the, you know, there's a, there's a, I'm a, a movement, a small movement, um, 
Some of you may have heard it or not. It's called deconstruction. Has anybody ever heard the de- deconstruction movement? The deconstruction movements, people that were leaders in the Christian faith and, and all this stuff, and now they're, they call it they're de- just deconstructing their faith. Right? They're trying to find the real Jesus, all that kind of stuff. I could preach all day. I'm not going to preach much on what deconstruction is. Uh, you can look it up and kind of see what it is. But here, here's the thing. What most of these people are deconstructing from isn't Jesus. It's leaders that just needed them. But they didn't need their story. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 is the perfect verse for followers of Jesus. We are to stir one another up and we are never neglect meeting with each other. Those are important. It's important to do those things. And there shouldn't be any ulterior motives to that. There's a grace to it. There's, there's a movement in sports and, and really good coaches will tell you this. Is it's all about body language now. You watch these guys today playing football. You're not going to see very many professionals hanging their head when they make a mistake. There's a famous scene, you can look it up, but um, there's a player from Texas who makes a bonehead play, probably five years ago. And the first thing he does, he's a freshman, he just ducks his head. And he's got a teammate that just comes and pulls his, like physically pulls his chin up. That's what this script. It's not to say you're wrong, you're wrong. It's us lifting each other's heads. Like he physically goes over and pulls this guy's head up. Because body language matters at times in sports. Ralph Waldo Emerson says it this way, Our chief one is someone who will inspire us to be what we should be. We're to include each other. We're to inspire each other to be what we know we can be, and that's what we really want, and that's who God is, and that's what God provides in life. And it's hard sometimes because it's hard to include because it goes back to the first point, and I'm almost done this morning. It's because the authenticity of people knowing our story is scary. But us as followers, we need to understand to be authentic, we've got to include everybody into our lives. That's what Paul He's saying, you included me, and so now I'm including you. Be like Let me see where God is bringing you from and where we're going together. So as I'm closing, I'll ask the ladies to come back up. Let us include our journey. I'm not asking you to sit down and chat about life. What I'm saying is, let other people in. Be makes us feel, but because all. Your story and my story, they're not the same, but they're a part of the grand story. I won't even call it story. Your life and my life are different lives. journey that we're all called on from the moment that Jesus rose from the grave and the moment of Pentecost to now. It's all a part of this grand story of who God made himself be from Genesis to Revelation. So let us encourage. Us. We're going to be as we're breaking free. So two questions as I'm ending this morning. The first one is this. Do you need to break free and follow Jesus this morning? And the second one is this. Do you have people on your journey? So what get ready. Here's what I'm saying about my life.
it's easy to think that I include people on my journey, but here, here's the thing. Here's the, the sneaky thing, right? Being a pastor, being a preacher. I get to be a part of your journey. I get to stand up here every Sunday and I get to say some things, maybe some good things and some funny things and all that kind of stuff, right? Easy for me to think that I'm a part of your journey. But here's the sneaky thing about being a preacher and a pastor. It's very easy to not include people into my life. Easy to say, I and to be totally transparent, honest this morning, there's days I will go home and never feel more lonely than I Because I take for granted that I'm a part of your journey, but I don't reach out for you to be a part of my journey. It's the authenticity of those moments where I say, I just need somebody. Now, don't get me wrong, I'll text people if I need help, that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is, my journey's got to go beyond and following who be a part of your journey, but you've, you've got a journey with me. These are the things I struggle with. These are the things that I need. These are the things that I've, I, I'm struggling with with God in my own life. So that's why I say, are you including in your life? It's not just hanging out with people. Is Are you legit saying, hey, I need this. I need you to know my story. So over the next few months, we're going to give some opportunities about that. We're going to do some podcasts. I keep, I'm going to do the first one, but I keep backing out, right? Those podcasts will be Tell Your Story Tuesdays. We won't record them on Tuesdays, but you'll get them on Tuesdays. And I'm supposed to be the first guest of my wife's podcast. It's your podcast, Nicole, not mine. <laughs> and, and so I challenge you, maybe you reach out and just say, you know, I need to share my story. Be authentic. Trust in who God's making you to be and trust in the fact that He loves you and there's grace in who He's making you to be for when you fall, He'll pick you back up. Father, we thank You for Your love, Your grace, and Your mercy. We thank You for an opportunity. We thank You for the example that Paul sets that it's not just about being the best it's not just about being the it's not just about being who we think we need to be it's about just loving you and following you and letting you work through our lives there's nothing else no strings attached let us trust you this morning let's trust in the salvation that you bring let us trust in the process of who you're making us to be We give you our lives. We give you where we were. We give you where we're at now. And we're giving you where we're going. Just let us have the faith to take that next step. Use our lives. Use where we were. Use who we were. Use who we are now. Lord, just let us lift our lives up to you and understand you. You are praised. And thank you for including us in this grand story of you. We ask this in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. Come what may in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning, God, I know I will never be alone. I will be alone. Be another in the fire.
Should I ever need reminding How good you've been to me I'll count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I miss the, uh, I'll be authentic this morning, I missed the head nod. I never had to give it twice. Um, I wasn't paying attention. Um, thank you guys for coming out today. Um, enjoy your Sunday. Stay warm. Um, remember, we got a load of things going on. If you want to be a part of them, let us know. Uh, most importantly, next week to lunch, if you want to be a part of that fellowship.